Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. With us again today on our broadcast is Francis Ball. Francis, thank you for being with us again. I'm very happy to be here. Today we are going to continue in Genesis chapter 9, and we want to see more of God's move related to Noah. All of us, no doubt, are familiar with the Sunday school version of Noah and his family. But what is the deeper significance that we've been seeing related to God's purpose? I'm very happy to get into the deeper significance of what happened in Noah's day. As we've been seeing through so many riches in the book of Genesis, I was looking forward to this time of seeing uh, how the dispensation is changed in Noah's day. Uh, We all know that uh, man was created by God and was innocent until he fell, and then he was put under his conscience, and he fell under that situation too, and the whole uh, world became full of wickedness. It was so bad that God had to destroy the whole earth, and this brings us into uh, Noah's day, and Noah was a different kind of person. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord, as we saw in previous studies. But the thing that really touches me is that there is a change here in the the dispensations of God dealing with man. Now, after the uh, flood, it's like a uh, new age has come, and man is put under human government. I believe we'll see this morning or today that this really is a change of dispensation, a change of the way God deals with man, and a good seed of the kingdom to see that there is a certain kind of rule that man has to come under. It's true, this is just the seed, but that's what we've had throughout our study in Genesis is little seeds of truth that are developed through the whole Bible. And I believe this is the seed that will develop to show us the kingdom of God. Thank you, Francis. I'm also eager to get to this study and those that are coming up. So let's join Witness Lee now with this life study of Genesis. In the past messages, we all have seen the riches of this book of Genesis. Tonight, we are going to see another item, the kingdom. Another seed of the truth in the Bible sown in this book. In chapter 9... From verse 1 through verse 7, we can see that uh, the kingdom is implied here. Verse 6 says, Whosoever sheds man's blood, his blood 
shall be shared by others. All the Bible teachers do agree by this verse, we can see that human government started here. Before this time, God never gave man such an authority over others. All men were under God directly. But due to the fall again and again, there was the rebellious human nature in mankind. For this reason, God gave certain authority to his deputy on this earth to rule men. From Genesis 9, 6, God authorized men to rule over others. Noah, as the head of a new race, was the deputy authority under God. You could realize and you could see a little shadow of the kingdom there. Before that kingdom, the earth was filled with violence. Why the earth was filled with violence before the flood? I say again, there was no government. There was no human government. In the garden, before man's fall, man was under the divine government directly. Then man got fall, so man became under his own conscience. The conscience government or the self-government didn't do so well. It resulted in a violence upon the whole earth. Also, no man caring for God's interest. You read Luke chapter 17, which says, Before the flood, men were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving to Mary. No one by that time cared for God's interest. But, listen to this, after the flood, in the life of resurrection. That means in the kingdom, the situation was different. Number one, the earth by that time filled with peace. And number two, men being recovered back to the beginning, back to Genesis 1. It's so interesting to see that the word in Genesis 1 Verses 26 through 28 are repeated here in Genesis 9. This means man, after the flood, was recovered back to the beginning to fulfill God's purpose, to have one goal, to represent God and to express God. This is the seed of the kingdom. Now, let us come to see <laughs> the real kingdom. Amen. The kingdom in full. You know, the New Testament preaches the gospel 
in the way of kingdom. Nowadays, when the Christians preaching the gospel, always they talk about heaven and hell, sin, and so forth. But the New Testament opens the preaching of the gospel in the way of the kingdom. Amen. Repent! Amen. For what purpose? For the purpose that the kingdom is nigh. The gospel is for the kingdom. The gospel is for you to be saved and qualified and equipped to get into the kingdom. And we have seen even regeneration is for the kingdom. Have you got saved? Amen. Have you been regenerated? Amen. Have you been washed by the blood? Amen. Saved, washed, and regenerated. For what purpose? The kingdom. Francis, this section introduces us for the first time to the matter of God's kingdom, and you mentioned it in the introduction. Of course, the kingdom of God is a very central theme in the New Testament, but here, once again, we see that the seed of one of the major items in God's economy is sown in Genesis. Yes, you're right. The kingdom of God is a very important matter in the whole Bible throughout the New Testament. And it's very interesting to see how that such a major item in God's economy is sown here in Genesis as a seed. If you follow this matter of the kingdom, uh, starting here and going on through the whole Bible, we can see that this really has a lot to do with God's original intention for man. God's intention in creating the man the way he did was to uh, represent God and to express God. And that means God intended for man to be his expression, to be under his ruling by life. So when we get to the New Testament, we see the gospel preached, not in the way of heaven and hell, but in the way of the kingdom. And the first preaching of the gospel is repent, for the kingdom of the heavens is at hand. So this first thing preached in the four Gospels, mentioning the kingdom, means that God's intention wanted to be met by making a man be under a certain kind of rule from the heavens. And I think every time it's not about going to heaven, as I said, or going to hell, but about getting into the kingdom. I believe we'll see more of this as the study with Witness Lee continues. Let's go back to it then and rejoin Witness Lee. Probably some of you have heard that some Christians do insist that this is the church age and the kingdom is not come yet. Well, this is right. Right only in one sense. Later on we will see that today the church is the kingdom. Amen. The proper church, the real church, the living church, is the kingdom. And the kingdom is the reality of the church. The building up of the church was the establishment of the kingdom. You read Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19. 18 says, I will build my church upon this rock. 
Then, following this, in verse 19 it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Because in verse 18, he was talking about the church. Right in the next verse, he changed the term church into the kingdom. I build the church, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom. So, by these two verses, you can see the church and the kingdom are just interchangeable terms. The Lord is going to build the church by the way of giving the key to Peter. When did Peter use the keys? When Peter used on the day at Pentecost. Opened the Jewish entrance. The other key was the key that Peter used in the house of Cornelius. To open the door for the Gentiles to come in. Peter opened the two entrances on the two sides that the Jews and the Gentiles could all come into the kingdom. And that kingdom was the church. I tell you, as long as there is the church on the earth, God has a kingdom. We all know Romans is a book on Christian life and on church life. Before chapter 12, it was on the Christian life. When it came to chapter 12, it talked about the body life. Chapter 14 still is a part of the practical body life. And the practical body life is the kingdom. Romans 14, 17 is a good verse. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is not something to come. This is not something in the future. This is something right now. We all have to realize, brothers and sisters, that the church life is the kingdom. Francis, I think that we should spend some additional time on this matter of the kingdom. Many Christian teachers believe that the kingdom age is the one coming and that now we are in the church age. And though we don't disagree with this, Witness Lee has also said that in another sense, the kingdom and the church are interchangeable terms. How do you reconcile these two thoughts? Well, as we've already said, uh, the kingdom is a major truth in the New Testament. And Witness Lee's made it very clear that the Bible says we are to repent for the kingdom. We are regenerated for the kingdom. And we desire an entrance into the kingdom. The Lord Jesus told Nicodemus, uh, no one can come into the kingdom of God unless he's born again. There is a certain aspect of the kingdom that has to do with the church age, with us right now. The Lord Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. But what he opened was the door to the church. In Acts chapter 2, he opened the door to the church to the Jews. And in Acts chapter 10, he opened the door of the church to the Gentiles. This was his use of the keys that the Lord Jesus gave to him. They were the keys of the kingdom. But actually, what came out in the opening that door is the church. There is also, of course, the matter of the restoration of the kingdom to Israel. That's mentioned in Acts chapter 1. So there are different aspects of the kingdom. And one aspect is certainly 
that the kingdom and the church are used in an interchangeable way in portions of the New Testament. In Romans, it says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Surely that's what we experience today. When we're under this heavenly rule, we have the reality of the kingdom today. But I would say we're not in the full manifestation of the kingdom, but we are in the reality of the kingdom. Thank you, Francis. You used those words, reality and manifestation. I believe we'll come back to those as we continue the study. Let's go on with Witness Lee in the conclusion of this life study from Genesis. Now, we must spend some time to see what is the kingdom. The kingdom is a rule, is a reign. We all have to be ruled by God. The church people all have to be under God's heavenly ruling. Then we rule with the heavenly authority. If we need to be under the outward ruling, that will be a shame to us. Because we are under the heavenly ruling of God. But we are still their fallen nature. Oh, in the homes, sometimes we brothers need some sort of ruling from the wives. You know, sisters, as wives, many, many times, you also need the husband ruling. You need the husband to rule over you a little bit. But, strictly speaking, if all the brothers and all the sisters would be 100% under the heavenly ruling of God, I tell you, wherever they are, there's no need of any other ruling. Because the heavenly ruling of God is more than adequate. I tell you, this is the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are in the kingdom. Amen. And where's the kingdom? In the church. In the church, we have the kingdom in reality, but not the kingdom in manifestation. The kingdom is realized inwardly, but not manifested outwardly. The inward realization, the inward reality of the kingdom is now in the church today, but the outward manifestation is coming. When the time the Lord Jesus comes, the manifestation of the kingdom will be brought in. By that time, all the people on this earth will see that is the kingdom in manifestation. Amen. So, in a sense, the kingdom is here. But in another sense, the kingdom is coming. Just like the Lord Jesus himself, in a sense, the Lord is here. Amen. Wherever we are today, the Lord is with us. But in another sense, the Lord is coming. Amen. The Lord is with us in an inward way. But the Lord is coming in an outward way. Amen. The kingdom in manifestation will be brought in by the church. The kingdom's manifestation will come by the church life. Amen. Why? There is the need of overcomers to overcome the evil one, 
to overcome the world, to cut the way, to build up the stepping stone that Jesus may come back. Then the kingdom will be brought in in its manifestation. You see, in Revelation 12, when the overcomers will be called to the heavens, right away they will beat Satan to come down from the heavens to the earth. Then there will be the announcement that the kingdom of God is coming. Coming through whom? Through the overcomers. So the church produces the overcomers, and the overcomers defeat the enemy and bring in the manifestation of the kingdom. Well, Francis, the kingdom has an inward reality and an outward manifestation. Would you explain what is meant by these two expressions and how they help us to have a more accurate understanding regarding the kingdom? Well, I would say the reality of the kingdom is something inward. It's a matter of living in the resurrection life. The kingdom today in its reality is a matter of life. It's not a matter of just outwardly obeying certain rules, trying to keep the Ten Commandments, trying to obey certain rules and regulations. But when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ into us, he is the king, and he's the, he has a kingdom. And a kingdom means he has a certain ruling. And that ruling is not an outward religion. It's an inward life. It's paying attention to a new life that got into us. I think we realize now that when we get regenerated, we have the Spirit of God, which is just Christ in resurrection, coming into us to be our life. And there is a ruling inside of us that if we pay attention to it, we're in the kingdom, in the reality of the kingdom. Now, many people, and I myself have taught this, that Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are matters that relate to Israel. And we try to excuse ourselves for uh, not turning the other cheek and for uh, uh, not uh, having a pure heart and for not having a poor spirit and so on. We kind of excuse ourselves by putting it to another dispensation. But actually, those chapters really give us the reality of the kingdom. And if we're living according to the life that's in us, there is a law in that life. And that verse in Romans 8, 2, The law of the Spirit of life has freed me in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. That is to be under the heavenly ruling for this age the church age. My desire is to live daily according to the Spirit, realizing that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. But we must be those who are being saved, not only judicially solving God's problems with us and our problems with Him by the death of Christ, but now we have to be those who are constantly under God's organic salvation by his life within us, establishing a ruling and a reign within us. In Romans 5.10, it says, For if we, being enemies, were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more we will be saved in his life, having been reconciled. 
Thank you, Francis. You, of course, allocated the bulk of the time where it belongs to the reality of the kingdom. Would you just say a little bit more specifically about this second matter regarding the manifestation? When is that anticipated manifestation going to take place? When the king comes. When the king comes, we'll see the manifestation of the, of the kingdom. Now, he has come, and he is real in our spirit. But the Lord Jesus Christ will have a kingdom for a thousand years, which is the next age in God's plan and his economy. And he will reign, and we will reign with him for a thousand years if we are those overcomers who live by the heavenly rule today. We'll be included in that reigning for the coming age. So if we're in the reality of the kingdom today, we can expect to be in the manifestation of it in that day. That is really the secret. Thank you very much, Francis. I really enjoyed our fellowship today around this wonderful message. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. These life study messages show us that every book of the Bible reveal that enjoying Him in this way will bring us to the goal of our salvation. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.